everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Jessica Freiberg, who is the managing partner of Sassetti. Hi, Jessica. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing well. Excellent. And we're excited to talk more about you. But first, uh, and your firm, if we could learn more from you about your background so that our audience can uh, understand a little bit more, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm the managing partner of a firm called Sassetti. Uh, we're about a 50-person firm located in the Chicagoland area, uh, specializing really in uh, audits, tax work, and client accounting services, uh, working with all small to mid-sized businesses and a lot of uh, not-for-profit organizations. I started my career with Sassetti 18 years ago. So I've had the opportunity to kind of help uh, the firm grow over the years. We've more than doubled in size since I started and continuing down that path to just continue to be a leading firm uh, in our areas and and continue to find opportunities to better ourselves and our clients. Sounds like some aggressive growth. So congratulations there. I'm sure it hasn't been without its respective challenge along the way. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but if you wouldn't mind, talk to us a little bit more about what are the current priorities for your firm? Like what's what's top of mind? What goals have you set? And I'd love to learn a little bit more about any of the current challenges that you're working on solving. Yeah, thanks. Uh, definitely right now, as I think most firms uh, in our country are facing the challenges around capacity. So as much as we want to continue to grow and find new opportunities, um, maybe new sectors to, to go into, uh, we have to kind of balance that with the challenges we're having around staffing and making sure that we're able to fill the needs that we already have. I think a few areas we can address when it comes to the capacity challenges are you know, really looking at ways to automate uh, the services we're providing. Uh, the other options I think are around, you know, looking at different types of staffing models. So maybe utilizing offshore talents, uh, outsourcing some of our work that we do uh, to really free up that capacity for our more experienced staff. And then, you know, we have to really take a hard look at our client base. If we want to grow and continue to work with larger clients, sometimes that means we need to say goodbye to clients that are a little bit on the smaller side or maybe aren't the best fit for our firm. Um, Maybe they're in an area that we don't do a lot of work in or uh, don't have a lot of expertise in. So that might be another opportunity to free up some capacity. Uh, So as we continue to grow, we're really just taking a look at those different areas and seeing how we can optimize uh, the workflow that we're doing as well as, you know, continue to, to find the clients that are a good fit for us going forward. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know the strategies have been used rather effectively by other firms as well, too. Uh, obviously, I'm biased a little bit towards the automation and technology element, a big part of the work that I do. I'm curious to hear more from you in terms of what success your firm has had so far in any one of uh, these three strategies that you just mentioned, and then what plans, if any, you have to invest in any of them further. Yeah, so we've definitely seen some success on the uh, offshoring outsourcing side with the utilization of SurePrep in our tax practice. So that's an area where we can, uh, you know, send off a lot of the prep work or kind of the lower level work. And uh, I think that allows our staff to feel more challenged because they're not just doing data entry, which has been a plus. Plus, it just helps with that capacity challenge, especially during tax season. There's such a compression of work. 
um, that it really just frees up a little bit of time from our staff and our more experienced staff to act as more of that reviewer function and not have to spend all their time inputting information into the tech software. Um, so that's been a big success for us, and we're going to continue to work with them. Um, and we're also looking at other um, strategies around our audit and our client accounting services practice areas on solutions we can use there. I would say from a firm operation standpoint, uh, one of our big goals for 2022 is we're implementing uh, CCH workflow, uh, formerly XCM. You know, on the tax side, we've always had a lot of workflow tools, but not necessarily on the accounting side or the audit side. So that's something we're really excited about. Uh, we're kind of right in the uh, implementation kind of onboarding process over the next 60 to 90 days. So we'll have a little more feedback after that. Um, but right now, it's it's something we're looking forward to from a scheduling perspective and really understanding kind of how much time do our staff have? How long does it actually take to complete this audit? You know, historically, it's been a little bit of a guess or, you know, utilization of an Excel schedule from a scheduling perspective. Um, so we're really looking forward to having the tools to better assess the time we're spending on our clients. Um, and I think that that's going to help a lot as we plan going forward on what, you know, again, what types of capacity do we have and, and what types of clients can we take on and maybe what time period is, you know, do our, do our staff have the most time and really just being able to better analyze that. For sure. Well said. I'm curious to learn more about, for in terms of what you've explored so far, you've listed a couple of strategies. Have you been able to measure yet what type of performance improvement you've seen from leveraging those strategies based on where you were before and kind of where you are now? Yeah, well, I can definitely say that even just this year compared to last year, we're seeing an increase in realization. Um, and I think that's an important piece to look at, um, you know, with the tax side, especially like I mentioned, there's such a compression of work that it's important to be able to push those returns through the system as quickly as possible. Um, you know, we're also utilizing safe send returns and some, you know, kind of on the back end when you're delivering returns, you know, obviously trying to get away from paper as much as possible and automate as much as we can. Um, so starting with, you know, clients uploading their information electronically to delivering everything electronically, I know that's really saved us a lot of time and effort. And uh, we've seen success um, for sure in that area as far as saving money and time. Yeah, that, that certainly makes, um, that makes a lot of sense. You've mentioned automation a couple of times now, which obviously is a topic that we talk a lot about on the show. I'm curious, you gave a couple of pretty good examples already thus far in terms of what you have been focusing on automating or what you've already automated. I'm curious to learn more, like what's at the top of your wish list today in terms of if I could automate that or our team could automate that, I would love to check that box. What does that look like? Well, now that I've taken over as managing partner earlier this year, there's definitely some firm administrative things that, <laughs> that would be nice to automate, um, specifically around you know some of the billing processes that we're doing, um, and, and just some of the administrative workflows. I think you know there's definitely some opportunities there. Uh, I think on the client accounting services side, there's also a lot of opportunities. We've had conversations with various um, software. Uh, automation tool providers and really finding that right fit um, that can kind of link all the pieces together. There's a lot of missing information as far as when you're trying to share work between uh, staff or between clients of uh, what's the what's the login information for this client or how do I access this or what's the workflow process. So, you know, maybe the uh, CCH workflow tool will help a little bit with that as far as 
what the you know timing and, and processes look like across each client. Um, but I think having that tool, it kind of puts a little bow on everything. And, and also maybe from a reporting perspective, I think there's a lot of reporting that's lacking, you know, not only from quick something like QuickBooks that a lot of our clients use, um, but being able to, you know, maybe pair something on the back end of, of uh, that tool to help create a better reporting model for our clients based on specifically like what they need or what's important to them. Because, you know, every client's different in what they look at. You know, we work with nonprofits and they care about really specific things as far as like how their, you know, expenditures are classified or, you know, what their contribution ratios are, where, uh, you know, a manufacturing company is going to care about different, different outputs. So I think being able to, um, you know, have some reporting tools that can create that for us would be really helpful as well. And I'm sure it exists. It's just having the time to really uh, dive into it. <laughs> right. Fair point. Having the time to be able to find it, number one, and then add it, have access to it, and then be able to leverage that to be able to provide more value to back to your clients. That's something we talked about a lot more recently as well, too, in terms of positioning yourself as more of an advisor and not necessarily just to be thought of like when that time of year comes around, you know what I mean? So having more of that like proactive, engaging conversations, adding value, and that being something that your clients can then use to drive closer to the goals and the outcomes they're looking for with their respective businesses, which starts to get really exciting. So next thing I was going to ask you in terms of if you invest in some of those areas, automate away some of that time, A, how much time do you think you could ultimately get back or just go with percentage-wise to make things easy? And then where would you reinvest it with your team after you receive that benefit? Yeah, Sean, I think that's a really good point because a lot of what we're looking at big picture, right, is how do we get away from some of this compliance work and really turn ourselves into that trusted advisor and providing that higher level um, information and, you know, providing our client that support that they really want to make those, you know, big decisions or to, you know, better analyze their business. So, you know, I do think implementing some of those strategies could save time, um, you know, maybe 20%, uh, which is a lot, a lot of time. And if you can invest that 20% into really working with your client on what they care about, and, you know, as opposed to just preparing a tax return or preparing a monthly financial, like what are the things that they're really concerned about or what are the things that they need to help grow their businesses and being able to spend that time focusing on those. I think you would, you know, not only make that client really happy, but help, you know, continue to grow your business because, you know, just the, you know, mindset that you would have of of how to support them would be, you know, beyond what most accountants are probably providing at this point. Definitely. And to add to that, something you've already said as well, too, in terms of where you've been able to take advantage of automating some of the kind of the monotonous, more routine, busy work, as I like to refer to it, away from your team, seems that you've seen an improvement, perhaps somewhere around engagement or morale or something like that. We talked, I've talked about that a lot lately in the content that I've been producing, but um, I imagine. So also what I've written about is, you know, things that you can do with that time once you get it back. Right. You're not just taking, you're not just kind of alleviating your team from doing some of the more routine work, which isn't the most typically exciting or engaging for them. But you then get the opportunity to invest it somewhere. And I think you've kind of mentioned this a little bit already that um, it sounds like, A, in areas where you've had the opportunity to do that already, that's already somewhat seems to have improved morale and engagement. But then, B, you've got some exciting areas where you can reinvest that time currently in terms of like building more client customized report or reporting structure into the relationship that you have with them 
giving them more value back that's specific to them, right? As opposed to just the generic stuff they can get, which is somewhat basic or requires a lot of customization to really get a lot of value out of from something like QuickBooks. Yeah, so I think, you know, again, it's all about pushing down work and delegating and leveraging the people you have on your team. So I think the more as partners that we can push down, you know, some of that client relationship management or some of that work that we're doing, that's such a good experience for our managers and senior managers to build those relationships and have that, you know, opportunity to present those, you know, items to their to our clients or have those conversations that really builds their skill set. And then, you know, being able to have our managers and senior managers push the work they're doing down, you know, to that next level. Because as you mentioned, like the staff don't want to just be like, inputters, right? They want to really be challenged. And I think we're seeing that more and more with the younger generations that they want to come out of school. They want to really feel challenged. They want to feel valued. They want to feel inspired, right? So how can we do that? How can we provide that level of work that's really going to keep them interested and engaged? And, and I think you definitely you know, said that well, that you got to continue to challenge them. You got to continue to find opportunities. So if we can create automation or utilize automation, I should say, to, to really take some of that um, more monotonous work out of their schedules and out of their workload. You know, I know alternatively, besides technology, right, there's firms out there that are maybe using um, administrative team members to help with some of that or paraprofessionals or people like that that can maybe take some of that workload off so that you have your other professionals really focusing on that higher end work. Um, and being able to build those relationships, I think it's really important for staff to be able to have those conversations with clients or at least be a part of those conversations, because that's really how you learn um, and grow as a, as a person to, to be able to um, witness that and, and be part of those conversations for sure. So I think that's definitely an area that we're continuing to be thoughtful of and uh, how we engage our staff uh, and get them involved at, uh, quicker in the process. Yeah, that's certainly exciting. Uh, not just, I'm sure, for you, but also the team as well. Also, you'd also mentioned another strategy that you're investing in is kind of this reassessment of the client base, which we're seeing a lot of accounting firms take a closer look at now as well, too. And that can include pretty much anything from the industries that you serve, the services that you offer, the way that you're charging for, you know, the basically the business model for the underlying business as well, too, and that relationship as well. So curious to learn a little bit more from you there in terms of uh, has any progress? Have you have you kind of invested there yet? Is that early stage? If it's early stage, you know what are you thinking in terms of what would you like to have your firm have the ability to kind of take advantage of, and what are you thinking uh, in terms of like your approach? Yeah. So the first thing that we're doing right now is you know kind of like. I was trying to figure out if the 80-20 rule, as people refer to, if that applied to the firm, um, being that 80% of our revenues comes from our top 20% of clients. And uh, it wasn't exact, but it was close. And so the, the process we're going through right now is saying, okay, let's look at that you know, bottom 30, 40% of our clients and reassess whether those are the right fit. So that's kind of where we're starting, what I would consider kind of low-hanging fruit. Um, and, you know, really kind of saying, okay, this has been a huge piece of our revenue. Let's, you know, reassess whether these clients are, are something we should continue to work with. Um, I think the second piece of it or the second phase, uh, you mentioned kind of industries or niche areas. We need to be able to better analyze our clients, you know, by industry and by segment. So, you know, what, 
if it's a manufacturing industry, right? Like how many clients do we have in that area? What's our revenue in that area? What kind of services are we providing? So is it mostly tax? Is it audit? Is it client accounting services? You know, and being able to really strategize on those specific pieces. Uh, And I think ultimately what we want to do is, you know, have kind of a champion that would be a champion for each industry. Um, So right now, you know, everybody is pretty spread across the different industries that we work in. And so I think the more that we can create a champion and better understand the client mix by industry, uh, that'll help us really focus and grow the industries that we have the most specialization in. I love that thought process and strategy. It's in fact, it's, it's built into the road mapping service that I offer for CPA firms where we begin with essentially kind of like a revenue segmentation exercise, which says you create a matrix essentially, right? Of like, here are the list of industries that we serve and here's a list of services that we offer those industries. And then finding the overlap there, you can look at the whole value number, you can look at the percentage, you look at the growth year over year, the profitability. There's so much to be learned from that in terms of thinking through strategically how you might make some of these changes or upgrades to this particular part of your business. That's been a really excellent way to get a better understanding in what does the picture look like today? Then if we also are alternatively investing in some of these other areas that you mentioned, like automation and technology to get a significant amount of time back, reduce a lot of that busy work, improve the consistency of that process, then it's time to reinvest that time. Where do we reinvest it? Well, that revenue segmentation exercise plays a big role then because we could say, how do we consolidate this? How do we further specialize? You mentioned kind of assigning and identifying who would be the right champion at our firm, who knows which industry the best, and as such should be the go-to person when we have a client prospect that's coming through the pipeline, who should kind of handle managing that, which gives us the best chance of success of closing that deal. All of these things are kind of exciting transformations to make. It sounds like you're kind of right in the middle of it. So um, yeah, I'm super excited to kind of learn more in terms of kind of a return on investment that you guys get from going through a lot of these exercises. Yeah, I hope so. I think it'll be a really great opportunity for us to take a more strategic look at the firm. And, you know, we've been around actually for over a hundred years and, and I think through time, you know, things just kind of evolve and you have clients that have been your client for a really long time. And then obviously every year you're adding new clients to the mix. And, and so it's, it's a good opportunity to take a step back and look from a higher level to say, okay, what is our client makeup right now? And is it the right, you know, again, the right client makeup for the size of firm that we are and where we want to be? So if we want to continue to grow, you know, we really have to look at these various silos or these various uh, streams of, of revenue and understand what's the best fit for the firm. Super well said. Thank you, Jessica. And I really appreciate you being here, kind of sharing your story. I know it's very valuable for our other managing partners and Uh, service providers, people that are working on tech tools, trying to help CPA firms as much as they can. That context is really valuable. Two questions I have for you before we let you go. Uh, The first is, are there any resources or recommendations that you might have for other managing partners of CPA firms based on your experience, what you've learned, or the progress that your firms made that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would just recommend, I think, to all the firms out there to take a look at the, you know, offshore outsourcing solutions. I really think there's a lot of opportunity. And and I know a lot of firms have had, you know, probably had these conversations and they've said, oh, you know, I don't know about the security or what are our clients going to say if they realize that we're doing this? Um, obviously, there's, you know, certain forms that have to be signed. So, you know, I do think it's it's becoming more and more prevalent and much more acceptable and it's, you know, in order to be competitive going forward, I think all firms are going to have to 
um, adopt some sort of outsourcing or offshoring. So I would just recommend, um, you know, from a resource perspective to go out there and look, there's a lot of firms that are doing this work, um, whether it's, you know, um, firms that are in India, South Africa is a big area now, the Philippines. So there's a lot of different options. And I think it's, it's really going to help uh, change the trajectory of accounting firms going forward. Great recommendation. I know I've been involved in those projects as well, too. A lot of uh, unique advantages from investing in those areas as well, too, taking advantage of economies of scale and different time zones and different types of availabilities, diversifying the team, adding redundancy. So there's a lot of exciting things to come from investing in that area as well, too. So thank you for sharing that. And then the last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, sure. I'm always interested in networking with other people. Uh, love talking with other women in leadership. So that's a uh, love for any other women managing partners or other women in leadership areas to reach out. Um, they can reach me uh, at my email is freiberg at society.com uh, or they can look at our website, uh, www.society.com and find us there. Thank you for sharing, Jessica. And for all the listeners, we will link to uh, the resources and any of the notes from this episode uh, in the companion. Thanks so much for having me. With the episode. So look for that information there. And Jessica, I want to thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge and experience with myself and our audience. Thanks for listening to this episode of Accounting Automation. I hope you found it valuable. I help accounting firms scale their profit exponentially without needing to hire any additional accountants. So if your firm is in growth mode and can't keep up, I'd love to talk to you more about how I can empower your firm to do more with less through automation and technology. To learn more, visit my website, nextstep.io, or email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P, dot I-O. Hey folks, Sean here, and I want to thank you for engaging with my content and encourage you to sign up for my free five-day video email course called Bottleneck Buster. Bottleneck Buster is designed to show you how to boost the profitability of your firm without hiring. You'll learn where your firm is wasting time, how to get that time back, and how to reinvest it to drive greater profitability. Sign up for the course at bottleneckbuster.com.